0: This is the good news of Christ. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So we're in uh, this season of creation that a number of churches around the world are thinking about uh, the world we live in um, and, uh, and the beauty of creation, but also uh, as we look upon the world to see some of the damage um, that humankind has done to the world. Um, and uh, just um, if you remember last week, I won't ask you to put your hand up because. Um, my memory 's not that good, and yours might not be either, but last week I was speaking particularly about that in the context of looking after creation in terms of um, the, the physical environment. This week, the focus is going to be slightly more um, on uh, on people um, and the way um, that God would seek justice for all people um, uh, so rather like last week, this is an impossible task. Uh, I am not going to resolve. Um, uh, unfairness and everything else in the next few minutes, especially if I keep giving a long introduction. I'll have even less time to talk about uh, things. Uh, so um, so apologies at the start. I'm not going to deal with everything now. Um, and, and also just to acknowledge that um, perhaps you, like me, feel, I-, I just don't know what I can do. We live in a world where it seems the system is... Um, It is set up the way it is and we're fortunate that we get to live here in Canada But as we look around the world uh, We see the huge effects of climate change Um, I'm gonna tell you a story in a minute from the Philippines, Um, but you know if if we have flooding Then uh, we probably have insurance to fall back on hopefully um, if not, get some because there's more flooding coming. Um, if if we find that um, you know we need to move our house and build it somewhere different, we can probably uh, do that over time, not immediately. But you know, if you find you're in a floodplain, now's the time to put the house on stilts or something. Um, If you find that the the temperatures in the summer are getting hotter, uh, we can probably um, afford to find some air conditioning. If not for the whole house or apartment, then for for one room. Uh, So the the things we can do um, in in this rich part of the world uh, in response to the climate crisis are going to be quite different. Uh, We'll be okay. Um, But that's not true everywhere. Climate change is having the worst impacts um, in other places. Um, so Anna Marie uh, is a mother of four, and she'd just given birth to her youngest daughter when last September's super typhoon Noru hit her hometown of Jane Nueva Echa in the Philippines. I'm sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. Uh, we went to my sister-in-law's house, she writes, when the wind got stronger. She says, I was only able to get my kids out. I wasn't able to save any of my belongings. Anna Marie's house was made of light materials with a makeshift roof of galvanized iron, a type of housing that's common in Filipino communities where they live in poverty. The typhoon struck several provinces in the northern Philippines, causing widespread damage not only to housing, but to farms and the livelihoods of farming communities. It completely destroyed our crops, says Ashley, whose mother worked in the rice field. We had a hard time meeting daily expenses afterwards. Just a couple of stories, and we know, sadly, there are many more, of the kind of impact uh, that changes to our climate are having on already vulnerable communities. And in the news this morning, I see that um, Antarctica um, is at its, um, has got the smallest amount of ice it's ever had. Um, and, uh, and there's a graph I saw on one of the news websites that just indicates how much less ice there is this year than there has been before. And so we see the reality of what's happening in the world, both near us here and further away, and we also hear from the Bible um, the the prophet Amos. In in Amos, God makes clear uh, how much he hates injustice. Amos tells the people of God there are consequences for greed and corruption of power. And so we see these prophets in the Bible, and I don't know if you, if you uh, imagine them. Some of you are artists. I wonder if you've ever drawn a picture of a prophet. Uh, probably if you were going to draw a prophet, they would look quite weird. Do you not think? They'd look quite odd. Uh, they, they tend to be, um, uh, you, you, they have this way of speaking. Um, whilst uh, originally it would have been in Hebrew, um, we've decided... Uh, through the ages, that in English, all prophets are going to start by saying, Thus saith the Lord. Um, So so, so prophets say, Thus saith the Lord. They're probably a bit odd. They're going to say stuff that people didn't like. And if you're a prophet in the Old Testament, there's a good chance you're going to get someone throwing stones at you. Um, And that's not a metaphorical stones. Um, People didn't like the prophetic voice. And so, as we see the prophets in the Old Testament, then we think, well, okay, we're living now in the, in the, in the New Testament season of the church. Well, what about us? Are we still called to be prophetic? Um, the answer is yes, we are. We're called to call out injustice when it happens and to live in a different way, to live in a way that creates peace and justice and fairness. Um, in in our world. Um, There's a a challenge in ethics uh, which is called need or near. There's probably a fancier name, but that's how I remember it. Um, Do we help those who are near to us or those who are in need far away? Um, And being an Anglican, of course, you know my answer to this. Somebody shout out. Both. Both and. We both want to help the people near us and also those further away and that is a challenge for us um, often it's going to impact our lifestyle and it's going to impact our finances if we start trying to seek justice for all people Uh, for about a long time over 20 years I've been um, a supporter of, of fair trade Um, And I just want to say something about fair trade and free trade, because they sound similar, but they're entirely different. Um, So just in case you hear free trade and fair trade and get them confused. Free trade means the ability to trade with different countries uh, without tariffs or duties being imposed. When you go down to Bellingham to buy your groceries, you bring them back, and all being well, um, because there's no duty on food, you aren't going to pay any duty on them. That is free trade. Um, with other parts of the world, there are are tariffs that are imposed. Um, Apologies if you know this already, but I know not everyone does, and it's just good to kind of be clear what we're talking about. So that means uh, if you buy something or import something from another country, uh, some of you have done on ebay.ca or other websites, you found it's come here, uh, and then they've, they've added a charge on. Has anyone had that happen to them? Um, some kind of a duty or tax, one person, okay. Um, and uh, if, if you think about it, it may have happened to you. And if you've had it delivered by a courier, um, I'm not going to name any names, but some of the big vans that drop things off at our houses, um, they actually will add um, an additional fee for the, um, for the privilege that they have of, of, of clearing customs for you. So not only are you having to pay for the import duty, you're having to pay a fee to the courier for taking your money to pass it on to the government. Um, So, free trade talks about that kind of thing. Can we trade with another country without having a tariff that's imposed? Um, Fair trade is different. Fair trade is a movement that recognizes the producers of um, many of the commodities uh, that we use. Um, Can I talk about coffee? Thanks. Someone said yes. Good. Um, I I could explain this with coffee or chocolate or or tea or many other things, but I can see the coffee from where I'm standing. Um, So, um, do you know all this already? Tell us more. Thank you. Okay. Here we go again, David. Um, So, apologies if you know this already. Um, But essentially, what happens um, if I do a role play with myself? um, I'm a coffee farmer. And I've spent all year uh, growing uh, the most amazing coffee beans, um, and, I, and, and hypothetically this might be in anywhere, but it, let's say Ethiopia, because that's where uh, coffee was, first came from. So a farmer in Ethiopia, growing coffee, has made the most amazing uh, crop of, of mocha sedamo coffee beans, which are really nice if you can get hold of them. Um, and, um, Uh, and then um, along comes the time when the crop is is harvested and ready to sell. And so the guy comes through, and it's probably a guy, and the guy comes through who is going to buy the coffee. And he says, um, I'm going to give you, uh, let's say, um, a US dollar per pound of raw coffee beans. And as the farmer, I say, but hang on a minute, Um, it costs me one dollar 50 per pound to grow these coffee beans. Well, that's a shame for you, says the buyer, but in New York, the price of the commodity is a a dollar a pound, so that's all I can give you. Now, we might think being here and good entrepreneurs and business people that you are and garage sailors and wheeler dealers, well, just just sell it to somebody else then. But there is nobody else. There's only this one guy who works for the big multinational coffee company. You pick them. Many of them do this. And there's no one else. So he's faced with a choice. Do I sell my crop at a loss? Or do I um, hold on to it? Now, coffee's great, but it won't feed the family. So he decides to sell his crop at a loss to the buyer. That is. Uh, broadly speaking how um, the commodities work So when we talk about fair trade what it does is it says there's a minimum price that makes sure um, That the grower uh, is paid a certain amount for their coffee or, or whatever commodity it is and there is a premium on top of that and the premium is um, a set amount which then goes into the community and allows for um, the coffee growers, uh, many of them women, um, and in some cases older children are involved in this too, um, who will be uh, growing the coffee. It allows the kids perhaps not to be farming the coffee, but to go to school. Um, it, it allows unions to form, um, and uh, and 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 the facilities that the fair trade premium will pay for, as well as things like schools, might be showers for the workers or bringing in working conditions that say, you're only allowed, if you're in this cooperative, uh, are you ready for this, to farm for 12 hours a day. You're not allowed to work for 16 hours a day. So that's the kind of difference that fair trade brings in. There's different fair trade organizations that work to do this. So that's just a practical example, and I, and I give that because uh, as we look um, at the world and the way that trade works, It is not fair. It is rigged, and it is rigged so we can have cheap coffee, cheap chocolate, cheap tea, uh, you name it, and so that the poor stay poor. If we um, spend a bit more money on the things we enjoy uh, and make sure that the products we're buying are certified, um, it's still not going to be perfect, Um, but that will help make sure that the producers of the the food and the drinks we enjoy are being paid a fair price. So instead of their kids having to farm, they can get an education. Instead of working a 16-hour day, it might be a 12-hour day. Instead of, you know, I could go on. Unfortunately, we live in a world that is not just, where the big corporations, where the big stock exchanges are controlling the prices of these things. And it's the people who are growing them that are suffering. So perhaps that was me being prophetic among you today. Perhaps you knew it all already and you already do it. God seems in this passage to be angry and people often say you know god is a god of love and god's never angry god is god is angry here why is god angry he's angry because the way people are being treated is bad that is a very you know, not, not the deepest theological summary but essentially that's what's going on um and so he gives us another way Verse 14 of Amos 5, seek good, not evil, that you may live. God asks us to be people who are just. He gives us another way. Amos was speaking, of course, to the Israelites about a particular time and a particular place when he said that wonderful verse 24, But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Yes, that was for that time. But what does that look like now? Maybe for you, the, the thing of fair trade doesn't really capture it, but there's something else. Maybe as we come to Truth and Reconciliation Day um, in, in uh, a couple of weeks' time, um, maybe there's something, as I say, there's, there's a need far and there's a need near. So maybe there's something nearer. Maybe it's the indigenous communities who do not have uh, access to clean drinking water. Or, or whether the, the roads, um, you know, we have some beautiful roads around here. But they seem to pave every three years. And, and uh, I don't know if you've driven on any lately that have just been done. And, and, and they're just lovely, these beautiful new roads we, can, we get to drive on. And yet, in other places, the roads are full of potholes and unmaintained, in Canada, here. And so maybe there's something that tugs at your heartstrings more locally. We can't do it all. We're not going to change the world but we can play our part. We can do our bit. So if you're in the grocery store and you have the choice between buying a chocolate bar with a Fairtrade logo on, a breakfast cereal, you can get Fairtrade cocoa in that too. Maybe you've got a choice between that and one that's not. Maybe that's a small choice you could make. Uh, there are some flyers we've got at the back of church saying a bit more about Fairtrade. Fairtrade. There's many other issues, too. Human trafficking, child slavery. Uh, I can't talk about them all in one go this morning. But what is it that you can do? What is it that we can do? Maybe something simple. Maybe you're a letter writer. Um, I'd encourage you, if you are, uh, to find ways uh, to write letters uh, to organizations, to pension companies, um, often, uh, and I'll finish with this, often one of the ways we as Christians can make a difference is with our wallets and our bank accounts. Because the big companies who are carrying on uh, whatever they're doing um, that is oppressing the poor, they're not gonna change as long as they're making money from it. But the change will come when they start seeing it impact their bottom line. Um, and there are many, many examples of this that have been done recently. Some, some boycotts um, of of various things. I have to stop talking because I could do another hour on this. <laughs> um, but just, just Google um, Kit Kat and orangutans. I'll leave it at that, um, and you'll see the impact the boycotts made. Um, that was to do with palm oil and sustainable palm oil in. Um, place where orangutans are from where 's that? Indonesia? Anyway. Goog- Google KitCat and orangutans. I don 't want to leave us with a sense of this is all too big, I can 't do anything. I 'm hoping um, in a small way to leave us with a sense of hope. there is stuff we can do. There is something you can do. so let 's pray, Lord. Would you be with us as we look at a world that is not just? Would you help us as we begin to scratch the surface of this subject? Lord, give us something this week that we can do to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen.